Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. Big show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a Big Show. Is everybody ready? Today is Tuesday, right? Take extra care to follow the instructions or you'll be put to sleep. And don't forget Taco Tuesdays. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It is The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake coming at you live from our Carrier Zone Studios. Uh, Jake Hatch across the glass for me producing today, along with Brian, the new guy. What's going on, Brian? Thanks for being here. Hatch, how you, how you feeling? You're still standing. You're looking good. I'm I'm doing better than I expected. Let's put it that way. Doing all right? Yes. Good, good. Uh, awesome. Eric Jensen will be along to produce today as well. Austin taking the day off. Safely social distancing from Casa de Monson, the one, the only, Gordon Monson. Gordon, hello. Jakester, how are we doing today? Well, I, I'm fine, but I've got a, something that's putting me in a bad mood. But I'll, I'll get I'll get over it. Uh, I'll, I'll well, get over. Let's it. it's get not that, that remedied right well, now. Well, it's not what that big it? a deal, except for okay. So coming into the arena, um, there's kind of different levels of clearance now with uh, with the protocols in the NBA and that sort hmm. of thing, uh, like um, uh, you know to get in the I think they call it what do they call it? Hatch zone one. Isn't that right? They have three different zones, yes. Three different zones. Zone one is like the test twice a day, you know, players. Zone one, you're playing for the team, you're a coach, or you're a staff member in essence. So zone two is what we're in, and, you you know, we have an app that keeps an eye on us and some other things, some other hoops we have to jump through. But anyway, as a result, we get the yellow wristband. Yes, okay. Now, it's not unlike a ri- I know you're not a beer drinker, Gordon, but it's not unlike the wristband you get at USANA when you have to show your ID and you get the wristband. And and here's what's making me grumpy is I don't care how straight you think you get it. That there's still going to be some sticky parts sticking out and it's just going to rip the hair straight out of your arm. Like I've folded this thing, this thing over like 15 times, and yet every 30 seconds, uh, it, it's yanking on on my arm here. So it's just making me grumpy. That's all. Like you know, if that's the worst thing going on in my life right now, then I'm blessed, of course. So I shouldn't even complain. But it is annoying. All right. Well, I, I, gee, uh, prayers up. <laughs> that's why I say I shouldn't be complaining about it. It's just making I, me grumpy. That's all. I mean, do you have hairy arms? Yeah, I've got a I've got a little hair on there. You? You yeah. have bald arms? No, I you know, I mean I'm not a, I'm not a real hairy guy, but I I do have a little bit, but uh Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Some some people have lots of hair. No, I'm doing all right <laughs> in the hair department. Enough well, that, I'm, enough I'm that this bracelet thing is is driving me nuts. Oh. Well, I I mean, okay. Well, you're powering through. I'm I'm yeah, glad I am. I'm I'm making it happen. Don't worry. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing fine. I don't have any complaints like that. I, I, I feel good. Oh, how's your marriage? Uh, <laughs> I should have led with that. Why Why were we talking about my stupid arm hair when we should have led with the big story of the day? And that's, did did, did you sleep on the couch last night after your no, uh, Lisa heard a, a certain segment that, that didn't please her? That she may or may not have uh, labeled as... BS. Yeah, she with some aggressive language there. Not not too happy. I I certainly I get why. Um, yeah, how's it going? You you all right? You're Absolutely still you're favorite. still at Casa de Monson, right? No, I mean, look, I'm married the most wonderful woman in the world, and she does not get. She is a great sport. And she knew that I was just goofing around, playing, play. Well, sort of, you? and you know, yeah. where are you? Well, well she was I don't quick want to, to forgive. I'm not, not going to take you down the road again. I'm sorry. 
Anyway, yeah, my, the, 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 to cut straight to it, uh, my marriage is in wonderful shape. Good. And I just said, sorry about that. <laughs> and, and she just laughed. I married a great woman. I mean, she's a wonderful woman. I I know I say that a lot on the air, but, uh, I mean, what? I guess the question is, what is she doing with me? Oh, yeah, right? well, I, I just want you to know I had to – so Naz heard it. And and she she kind of responded, "Wow, yikes!" And actually, I, I talked to my mother last night on an unrelated note, and she goes, "Whoa, Gordon stepped in it today, didn't he?" I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> see. So so even my own mom was was a little taken aback by your your stance. And that, yeah, now I feel really bad because I have so much respect for your mom, wonderful woman, and I I just now I. All right, so what, man? We talk on the radio for a living, and I made a little boo-boo, a little air there. We can, uh, all, we can all move on. I agree with you. I agree with you. Yeah, I just, I'm just I'm just checking of, in and making sure you're okay. It wasn't anything like that. I mean, I didn't. Like I, that? I just sort of, I just missed that a little bit. But uh, no, no, it's it's wonderful. It's okay. Everything's, she didn't make you cook is, your own dinner. No, not, well, uh, let me see. Let me oh, don't side. pretend like you cooked. Just stop it. So we've been on, we've been down that road too many times. <laughs> I may have given myself too much credit uh, in our in our certain uh, marital responsibilities and whatnot, and uh, so I, I I did apologize, and she just laughed, and we we uh, went straight ahead. Everything so, was no okay. Problem. Okay. Good. Everything was everything was wonderful. <laughs> I love my wife, Lisa. Love you, and. Uh, I, I, you know, that that's one thing I wish for everybody is is a happy marriage. I mean, I love weddings. I know you're a big, big wedding guy, and every time I I've been to a wedding, I always hope for the best. Now I know sometimes things get a little rocky, and I don't judge anybody when it comes to that because sometimes mistakes are made. But if you can find yourself a good one, man, you are a lucky person. So uh, anyway, Hatch, Jake, how, uh, I, cons- what's I consider you lucky. Oh yeah, it, you and me both, brother. Hatch, how's your marriage? You doing all right? Fantastic. You doing, you doing all right? Everything good? <laughs> Brian, <laughs> Brian, well, I don't know if you're married or not. He is married. Oh, how, marriage good? Yeah. Okay. He's all like right. he's actually uh, the more recently married of all of us. What is it? You said June? June of last, June year. Of last year. Wow. The the. Uh, how's it going? How's it going? Oh, it's a spectacular marriage. Doing, I couldn't ask for more. Doing well. Well, the the first okay. year. It should first be. year can be a little bumpy. You know, you're making it can adjustments be. and whatnot. You know, a lot but, of fireworks, uh, though, in the first year. Though, too. Yak, you know I, I, mean? I, I want to know from Yak, when was the last time he uh, stepped in it a little bit? What did, what oh, did you do? Uh, how did you get past that? Last week I stepped in it, and it took a couple of days for her to get over it, but she got over it eventually. Right. Did you say something? Did you do something? What happened? I just, I just oh, let's, let's put it this way. I overlooked something that I should have not overlooked. Anniversary? No, that's coming. Up. That's coming. That's in just over a month. No, that's that also wasn't it. It was just it was a relatively routine thing. I've usually don't overlook. I just overlook. First kiss. Yes, first kiss. Was that's that it? it? Yeah, was exactly. That, okay. That's it. Yeah. Were you, were you supposed to do something that you didn't do? Correct. That, yeah. Uh, yeah. Change the furnace filter, right? Always. Yeah, I always forget that one too. <laughs> it was probably a little more egregious than that. If she was uh, upset about it, Jake, I don't think she's going to react that way because he forgot. A little maintenance. I'll, t- I'll tell you, when I step in at the most, this is what I do, and I don't know if anybody can relate, but she'll give me an assignment like, you know, like, hey, will you call and set up this appointment or, or whatever, and and I throw it on the back burner. You know what I mean? This is and exactly what happened. You're describing exactly <laughs> yeah. what I did. Throw it on the old back burner and say, yeah, absolutely, with the best of intentions, uh, but somehow, you know. A week melts off, or maybe two. And Yeah, 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 I'll get to it, and then, <laughs> yeah. oh, bleep. Yeah, several <laughs> reminders later, and it's it hasn't happened. Yeah, that's that's really when I step in it the most. So, so uh, since we have Yak with us here uh, today, I, I got how, how many years you've been married? Almost six. Uh, sixth year anniversary next month. And Jake, how long has it been for you? Uh, I don't even know. Seven, something like that. Seven in at the end of August. What do you mean you don't know? I don't. I don't think because time know. flies when you're having fun. I don't that, think you know you numerically. I forget how old I am half the time. People, say, how old are you? I'm like, well, and I have to pause and think about it, and they think I'm insane. No, yeah. Wait till you get to be my age and forget that sort of stuff all the time. Yeah, that's uh, what I'm saying. And, Yak, I, I, I'm 
Do you have any marital advice for our listeners? You know, maybe someone that just was contemplating getting married or somebody that has been married for a short time. What, what would you, what lessons have you learned? What would you say? First things first, put them first, if that makes sense. Make sure that they're oh, nice. your number one in your life. That's, That's much easier said than done. Well, I, I'm proud, Yaku. I mean, that, that is a key right there, man. He hit that one out of the park. See, I would go a different way. Okay. Well, one, I would say. Put yourself first. I, well, one, I would say that nobody who's only been married six or seven years has any business delving out marriage advice whatsoever. Uh, I tend to agree mean? in some form And I'm in the same boat yeah. with you, brother. I'm not telling anything to anybody about well, marriage. You guys have done well. And, you guys and, have done well. Give if, yourself some credit. If I, if I would say I would give out advice, and, and again, don't listen to this, stand up for yourself. Don't let her rule with an iron fist. You know she's amazing. Who but are you, she, Patrick Kinahan? When when <laughs> and she can she can uh, have the the biggest opinion in the house. I'm fine with that. But you know when it's something that that I'm uh, you know passionate about, stand up and say, hey, we're going to keep that wood paneling in the basement. That's happening. Okay, so. <laughs> Give me an example of a time when that happened, other than wood paneling. I, I just mean, what, did. What, no, and get, get, tell me something that where where Naz wanted it a certain way, and you said, "By golly, no, I'm I'm keep I'm standing my ground right here. I'm holding on to my ground." What was it? I did not want a railing on our front deck, pretty firmly. I was like, I don't want a railing. I want to step down onto the front yard. And she said, "I'm pretty sure that doesn't meet code." And I said, "I don't care about the code." I do not want that railing. Think of your homeowner's policy. Come on, Jake. Yeah, so there's, you know. Wait till you get sued. There's no railing on that deck, is there? We found some guy that was willing to do it off the books. You're going to do this, and you're going to do it without there, a railing. Are there deck books? Yeah, that's, that's, where, that's where you, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna die on that mountain? I didn't want a railing. See, but here's the thing. My wife is very smart and has very good taste, so most of the stuff, the direction she steer in the ship, uh, ideal. But every once in a while, you don't want a railing on that front deck. Until you get sued. Well, you know, Gordon, just don't fall off my deck. That's when right? the homeowner's policy kicks it, in. And, and by the way, it, it's a drop-off of about eight, eight inches onto the lawn, pretty much. So <laughs> if, if you're really struggling with that. Hey, that broken ankle, it's going to cost you. you. You shouldn't be on that deck to begin with. Do I need a uh, sign, you know? Uh, approach at your own. Uh, do I? Can I limit liability that way? Kind of like a <laughs> like a beware of dog married, kind of thing. You're you're married to an attorney. Yeah, she probably she, would she, know. And, and you know what? She's going to the conclusion she's going to draw is I was right. You were wrong about what the railing. Our deck is awesome. Yeah. You know, since we have Yak with us today, I need to know. I mean, he he's been producing uh, DJ and PK for a long time now, and uh, we need some scuttlebutt on DJ and PK. Are you digging give for dirt? A, yeah, give us a little peek behind the scenes. What goes on with the show? Because it's now iconic. The show is iconic. It's been around so long, and and, and people want to know what what really happens. Well, those two bicker, and we call it a show. <laughs> here's here's some like the 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 real answer to that is so boring because dj is like a robot that guy that guy is is like he shows up with the same positive attitude and positive vibe every day knocks it out the, the same sports nerd Correct. that you hear broadcast on your your airwaves is the same sports nerd uh off the microphone and like yak could probably tell you the moment he's gonna pop the top on his yogurt i mean the the dude <laughs> you know the show way too well. yeah dude the 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 guy is just a model of consistency so here's the it's, thing it's part of his brilliance the, the the best description we've come up with and this is pk's brilliance he he's brought this up dj's driving the bus meanwhile pk is sitting 20 rows back in the back of the bus shooting spit wads at the back of dj's head just for the hell of it <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty which is pretty accurate really it was really one of my better construction projects in the history of my life is Are you uh, one of like the 20 people who take credit for that show yeah of course except of for course. I'm the one who actually I'm the one who actually did it so it's it's okay I, I don't mind sharing you know if other people want to say it 
They can say it. But PK, people, how would you describe PK, Yak? Cantankerous, but also like loyal to a fault. PK has one of the biggest hearts of anybody I know. And a lot True. of folks don't know that about him, and he hides it well. But he is he is a, a gem of a human being. He really is. So anyway, I think okay. he's just cold blooded. I'm convinced he <laughs> I'm convinced he sleeps on one of those rocks that you have to have for lizards that you plug in. You know what I mean? No, 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 you know no, what no. I'm talking about? <laughs> no, PK PK is great. No, no. He's Here's awful. the thing about PK. Some people like to make themselves seem nicer and better than they really are. And, and, you know, you know those types. And, and PK is the exact opposite. He wants people to think that he is much worse than he really is. Yeah, but let's not, let's not call PK nice now. I mean, oh, he's, 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 a, he's, he's a lot he's, of things. Jake's a little bit can, scarred from some of the beatdowns he's absorbed over the years yeah. filling in for DJ. <laughs> I wouldn't call him nice anytime soon. Yeah, exactly. Well, Wait, by the way, what is it about me? That walks into the room that screams like, oh, all right. He like starts salivating and licking his chops when you show up. I know. It's, it, it comes out guns a blazing every time. And the funny thing is he doesn't do it for anybody else on the staff. You could put Gordon in that chair. You could put Hans, Scott, right. anybody. But when you show up, it's like, He's all right. right at me. It's red meat. That's all right. I don't mind. It's actually kind of fun. Uh, we, we get off into the weeds occasionally. <laughs> He's one of my favorite people on the planet. He really is a close friend. And uh, that show, Jake, you guys do a great job. I mean, that show's been going strong for so long. It's nearly uh, 20 years now, but thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 really really good. And I'm sort of sort of complimenting myself too. Yeah, when we I know. say that, aren't we I? We heard it. Because uh, did I mention that I I was the one that put that show together you did. did i did i ian Furness wants say. a word ryan hatch wants a word i don't know who else oh, those guys they, oh, come on e ray uh, would probably e ray wants a yeah. word uh let's see sven tweets at us uh, is it a deck if it's only eight inches off the ground would that be a patio <laughs> no one puts a railing on a patio thank you sven thank you is it a patio sure let's call it whatever you want What's a lanai? I've always heard, yeah, it's out on the lanai. Any Anybody? Sounds Hawaiian. Uh, yeah, lanai. Oh, yeah, that's what I think of. It's just kind of a deck. <laughs> yeah. No, we we'll call it whatever you want. I don't care. I just don't want a railing on it. All right. Now, when you say that, do you mean all the way around it? Or yeah. What, what are you yeah, talking I don't about? want it. You've been to my house. You know what I'm talking about. You know, some of the wild parties you have at your house, maybe that railing would come in uh, handy for people who need, you uh, know. Oh, that that house saw a party or two, but uh, I think those days are <laughs> those, those days aren't, view, as, huh? aren't okay. as frequent, certainly, You've as they used to be. got some good news. Jeremy just filled me in. A lanai is what they call a patio in Hawaii. Bang! And Jeremy would know. Yes, he would. How about that? It's a lanai, bruh. We don't have railings on the lanai. Bruh. <laughs> Give me the bruh. Does a lanai have a covering of some sort? Is that a requirement? I don't think so. Okay. All right. Well, what, a, what, a start. Long, yeah. what a start to the show. All right. Uh, in fact, we'll get we'll, we'll get to the split story uh, coming up right around the corner. Uh, we'll talk about the Utah Jazz. Uh, the game is on, by the way, against Detroit. It would appear uh, like we're playing, so that's good news. Seems like it was a false positive they got that game canceled last night in uh, in Denver, Gordon, which actually might work yeah. out of the Pistons' advantage because they would well, have been second Of course been it would, because if they had to play back-to-back, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that, that, they're going to be coming in a little more fresh. Jazz. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, still, the Jazz, well, we'll talk about it, but the, this is a team that Jazz should beat. They've beaten them before. It's a team that doesn't rank very high in defense, doesn't doesn't really shoot the ball all that well. Doesn't rebound the ball all that well. So, but yeah, whooped up on the Lakers uh, last week. <laughs> That's so weird. That's why these numbers are so strange. But they they rank like 29th in the league in in opponents' field goal percentage, and they're like 28th themselves, or vice versa. I mean, so they can't shoot, and their opponents usually shoot really well. 
All right, here's what's coming up on the show at 3. Rob Morris is going to join us. Of course, Rob played in a Super Bowl. We'll talk to him about that. We'll have uh, what's going on coming up at 4 o'clock. And then Bowler jumps on the show at 5. So an action-packed Tuesday here on the big show. But let's jump out to the zone phone. Joining us now, he's our friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. Andrew, what is up? How's it going, guys? Going, uh, going great, buddy. How are you? How are things? We're doing good. We are doing good. Busy, but good. Busy is good, and uh, that means you're helping a lot of our listeners uh, with their relationships. Yes, we are. Valentine's Day is approaching, and uh, I'm learning this is a holiday of a lot of stress and pressure. Not supposed to be that way, but so many guys struggling in the bedroom, uh, young and old. Uh, erectile dysfunction does not just happen to guys in their 90s. Um, we have guys in their 20s and 30s every day in this clinic. If you're frustrated in the bedroom experiencing any kind of disappointment, the acoustic wave therapy that we use, which is the two most advanced versions, FDA registered, backed by a Cambridge study now, this regrows blood vessels very gently and, in my opinion, really quickly and can restore normal uh, function in the bedroom without the use of any pills. You know, I never thought about that anxiety leading up to Valentine's Day for sure. Or or how about this dreading February 15th because you're going to have a wicked headache? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, a lot of stress to perform. And then the side effects from the medication that might not even work in the first place. And then the stress probably adds to the ED. So it's a vicious cycle, you know. All right, so here's the number, uh, 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000 to get on that uh, schedule. And I know, as always, Andrew, you're, you're doing some great stuff for our listeners. We're doing a ton of stuff. Um, if you're out there struggling with erectile dysfunction, call us now and take advantage of this offer, the assessment, the exam with the doctor, the blood flow ultrasound, all free. You may, you may decide against the treatments, but you're going to get some really good info a special gift that produces instant results in the bedroom. New patients get blood work and testosterone for free. So a whole lot of stuff. Give us a call now. It's no charge. All right, Andrew, we're stoked you're on board for the show today. Thanks, man. Appreciate you guys. All right, there you go. 801-901-8000. Call and get on that schedule. 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic. More Big Show next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Slow-mo Joe. The Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK. Individually, can I make an argument that this is the best you've been playing since you've been in the NBA? I'll let you guys and whoever's calling it next debate that. I don't really care. If I'm playing the worst I've ever played and we're on a 10-game winning streak, great, because I know I'll figure it out at some point. I don't know if it's the best I've played or not, but I do feel really comfortable in my role. I think playing with JC, we've got a really good chemistry on the court, so you throw Fave into that, and yeah, it's fun. I think we're all pretty happy with the way we're playing, but we've got more work to do. Oh, yeah. Catch Jazzman Joe Ingles with DJ and PK every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, time for the split story of the day. It's the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Tonight, the Jazz take on the Detroit Pistons in this building. Tip-off coming your way at 8 o'clock, so pregame will get underway at 7. And, uh, Gordon, you know I love these 8 o'clock games. But the Jazz bouncing back from uh, from the loss against Denver. You know, Detroit, depending on which team shows up, I suppose, should be just what the doctor ordered, as uh, the Jazz really had no problem with them when these two teams met up the first time. Yeah, you brought up a great point, that they were capable of beating the Lakers, and yet they're second of the worst team in the Eastern Conference. So what does that tell you about the NBA? I mean, that anybody really can win on any night. So, so yeah, the Jazz have to go about their business and prepare for this. It's interesting that the Jazz are 15 and 5 and the Pistons are 5 and 15. How about that? Well, Is that interesting? <laughs> I don't know. It's uh you are what your record says you are and so they are flipped one from another. That is true. But uh I I would expect the Jazz uh, Okay, let me say it this way. With the way they came out against the Nuggets, 
that is what they have to prevent against. They cannot allow that to take root uh, because that'll mess up a team in a hurry because of the very thing that you pointed out, Jake, that it doesn't matter who you play in the NBA. you got to be ready to go. Yep. And the Jazz, you know, they, they did a nice job against the Nuggets of sort of regaining some energy, but by then it was – it was too late. And so I think the most interesting thing about this game, well, two things really. One is how will they come out? Will they be uh, intense right from the get-go? And then can they sustain it? Uh, and I would expect them to be able to do that because they've been doing that so well. But when there's a little bump in the road after you've been so successful for so long, 11-game win streak, uh, you know, sometimes – you can get knocked off a little bit out of your rhythm, and then you got to reorient yourself and move forward with it. Uh, I, that, that's one thing. Let me ask you this, Jake. That's one thing I've, I've, in sports. You've seen it in football games. You've seen it in basketball games over and over again where one team will get some momentum, and then the other team can correct that. And it's almost as though the team that had the easy go of it early on oftentimes just lets up just lets up a little bit and allows uh, the opponent to get back in it. And I think that's what that may have been part of what happened to the Jazz in a, in a more elongated sense where they had won 11 straight and then they just sort of show up in Denver and, and couldn't really replicate or be what they really are. Right. Right. Yeah, and I think that's only natural for teams or, or even humans if you want to look at it that way. Um, but the the good news is if you're talking about, you know, out of the game in the first quarter. I don't think Detroit really can do that to you because they don't really have players who are who are capable of that other than Jeremy Grant. But Blake Griffin is just not he's just not Blake Griffin anymore. I know he played great against the Lakers and had 23 points, but that that is by far his best game of the year. Second, uh, I guess second game of the year against Cleveland, he had 26, but you know, you look at what he did about uh, did uh, against Golden State in uh, in Detroit's most recent game, you know, he had 5 points. So He's he's yeah. a different player than he used to be. You know, beware of the former Jazz man Derek Rose, who had that great game against the Jazz when he was with who was it? The T Wolves? Is that right? Did you say former Jazz man? What trade was he a part of? He was he was a part of a. Jeez, what trade was that? Anyway, the Jazz traded for him and then released him uh, immediately. But he Wasn't had a big it like within two minutes. I mean, it was really yeah fast. yeah. He didn't come to town. And he that that game he had against the Jazz though like revitalized his career and uh, now he plays on this Detroit team but I you know he's he's not Derrick Rose of old of course I, point being he, I don't he's averaging better than fourteen points a game yeah but I mean we're talking about the Jazz getting blitzed out of the game in the first quarter I don't, I don't know if I'm betting on Derrick Rose to do that no but Jeremy Grant as uh, we've talked about is uh, is really showing. His capabilities, and, and I wonder how he's doing because he could—he didn't have the opportunity to go for nearly 24 points a game in Denver, and and yet now he's on another team where he is really shining in that regard. What's he shooting? I think he's shooting nearly 45 percent from the floor. Uh, wouldn't have gotten that opportunity in Denver, but the team he's on is much inferior. How do you think? I mean, would you like that better? Uh, it depends on what you're looking for. I mean, and by the way, Jeremy Grant had 28 the last time these two teams played, nine of 19 shooting. Yeah. Um, but if if you're a guy who's looking to to prove himself in the NBA, and you know you want to get compensated, of course, financially, and you're trying to build your reputation, you know, sometimes it pays to be the top dog, right? Sometimes that's the way to 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 embrace a bigger role. I mean, I think that's that's really what Jimmy Butler did last year in Miami. Now it's not going so well this year, obviously. But you know, to, for a finals run, you know, there was a, a need for a top guy. He said, "I can feel that fill that role on a team that has a chance at the title." And look what he did. Not that Jeremy Grant's going to do that with Detroit, but I mean, to the opportunity to go out there and and put up some numbers and prove that uh, that you're a big time player in the NBA, I could see why that's attractive to guys, especially at his age. He's 26, right? Yeah. Exactly. You got plenty of time to to ring chase at the end, man. Go out and establish who you are in this league and, and what your value is. And you, there are different roles on NBA teams, and not many players are capable of stepping into the big boy role. And that that's what he's attempting to do. There are five players on the on the Pistons 
who averaged double figures. You already talked about Grant and Griffin, and the others are uh, Wayne Ellington is getting 12.5 points, and as I mentioned, Derek Rose at 14.2, but also Josh Jackson, he gets uh, nearly 11. And then they have a bunch of guys who average about nine points. And so, you know, I, it's it's just one of those deals where if the Jazz come out and they, they do what they – what the, if they listen to Quinn Snyder and they play the way he wants them to, then they get a victory tonight. It's just, it, 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 that's, that's what happens. If they don't, if they get loose with it, if they're not fired up, if they're not, uh, uh, focused, uh, then, then they allow an opportunity for an opponent to get a win they shouldn't get. So really, I think this, it's incumbent upon the Jazz to be who they are. So you look at this Pistons roster, and they're just not terrific. And you think back, when was the last time Detroit was was good? It's been it's been a while now, right? I mean, we all think about that 0-4 title, but it's been straight downhill since then. Let me ask you this about Detroit: Are they one of those franchises that you say the NBA is better when this team is good? Because uh, everyone says that about the Lakers and the Celtics, right? Uh, those are the the classic ones. I even hear about the Knicks. Well, can you say that about every large metropolitan area? Which Detroit? I, mean, is, I don't know if that qualifies for really yeah, anymore. It does. But Detroit. It, well, I mean, have they lost a lot of their population? Yeah, they. I think that that metro area is pretty large. But didn't Detroit used to be like the fifth largest in the country? Uh it did it get that high? It wouldn't surprise me if it did. Yeah. But I mean, but the Detroit Pistons. I mean, that's one of those iconic NBA teams, right? I mean, it's that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I would agree with you in that regard. But whether the NBA is much better off when they're when they're good, I I'm not sure about that. I mean, I think the balance of power across and the population across the country has gotten to the point now where where that sounds like something a fan of those particular teams uh, of which you spoke uh, would say. Yeah, but, but aren't they sure that... aren't they the great NBA villain? Weren't they the best Pistons? villains of all time? I don't know, you go back a little further than boys? me. Yeah. Uh yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, they were. And even their 04 title they played that way, right? With uh with Ben Wallace and Rashid Wallace. I mean, they were kind of... Is it Chauncey phys- Billups on that team? Yeah, Phillips like a, a team, physical, yeah. tough team. Uh, Rip Hamilton, uh, Tayshawn mm-hmm. Prince. You know, they were a defensive... I mean, maybe they didn't have the the bad boy reputation uh, that uh, that they did before, but still that kind of hard-nosed team that you didn't want to play. I think that's true. And, the, of course, the Pistons were trying to knock off uh, the Celtics and, and, the, uh, and the Lakers during that time when the bad boys were roaming. And, um, yeah, they were easy to dislike, but they were also kind of a fresh face. Not that the franchise itself was new, but uh, in some ways, my memory of the bad boys were, oh, that's kind of interesting. That's something different. I mean, I don't know very many basketball fans who who loved Bill Lambeer. He was the least popular player in the league for like a decade. Everybody hated Robert, the Pistons. What are Robert, you talking about? Robert Parrish just decked him during the playoffs that one year. He just had enough, and you usually didn't see that out of out of him. Uh, he was a little, little more uh, silent a player, but he finally had enough of Bill Lambeer and decided to dump him on the court. Listen, I'll tell you this. I bet Jazz fans weren't uh, all that broken up when Carl Malone nearly split Isaiah Thomas's head in two. Yeah. What was the deal with Isaiah? Why was he so unpopular? Is it because he seemed disingenuous? He seemed kind of fake? Because uh, he certainly was a great player. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I think that team as a whole, like I said, was a villain. I think the um, uh, LeBron's Miami Heat teams were, were kind of villainous. Well, just because they seem to have every opportunity. That yeah, they were kind of the first of the of the super team kind of feel. You know, there was always the LeBron put it together, um, and and everybody was grumpy about the way he left Cleveland, and uh, yeah, everybody they were kind of. I, I thought they had a kind of villainous nature to them for a different reason oh. than the Pistons, obviously. Well, I know one guy who hated the uh, Pistons, one Michael Jordan. Oh yeah, to me that's personal. Uh, uh, by the way, Detroit market size 
is now 14, according to Nielsen. Yeah, I wonder, do you have any way of knowing what they were like 10, 15, 20 years ago? Well, Google probably does. Guessing. <laughs> check check just, 20 years ago. Just, I, just, I'm thinking, well, maybe it was more than that. Maybe it was like 30 years ago. I think it was like the fourth or fifth largest metro area. But, uh, you know, that, that town has probably seen better days. So right now it's New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, the big three. It's been that way for a long time, right? Um then Philly. Chicago used to be second. Right, the second the city. Second city. Yep. Uh, Philly, then Dallas at five, San Francisco, uh, Oakland, San Jose at six, D.C. seven, Houston eight, Boston nine, and Atlanta ten. Salt Lake, right. by the way, just if people are curious, 30, right in between San Diego and San Antonio. And is that the metropolitan area? It's the television the market. Itself. Okay. 30th? And what, 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 who's, give us the two that are just above and two that are below. Uh, that's what I was saying. 29 is San Diego and 31 is San Antonio. Kansas City, interestingly enough, is now 32. Wow. So Milwaukee, maybe, 35, maybe, Cincinnati, maybe, 37, Las Vegas, 39. Maybe Salt Lake City should have an NFL team. Oklahoma City at 43. New Orleans at 50. I'm trying. I'm looking for the lowest NBA market. 51, Memphis. That might be it. Huh. All right. Well, I wonder what this area will look like. I wonder what those numbers will be. I wonder what this market size will be 25 years from now. Well, it's growing at an extreme rate. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. This valley is going to be completely filled up. That's for sure. And I, you know, maybe more sports opportunities will come along with that some people will look back and and think of when things were a little quieter a little smaller a little more quaint around here when this was you know hooterville instead of you know geez we all know that you the disdain you have for our market i do not you called us hooterville in written form it was a joke, and I was talking about the way folks down there were viewing us. That's not how it and read. I, it, it was self-deprecation. That it was, was not how it read. The, oh, come on. No. Salt Lake City will will continue to grow, and, and I will predict there will be an NFL team here uh, at some point. I don't know when it will happen, but the market will be too big for it not to. Although... <laughs> If what we read yesterday is true, St. George is the worst football market. In that was the, the silliest country. thing you could have found. How did you find that? This is St. Sent, George is, is measuring that as a football market. <laughs> I mean, no, it, it's not exactly it, Detroit, St. George. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. I don't know. I don't know how they came up with that. All I know is that 245th in the country, and it was the last – it was the last city listed. All right, coming up next, there is some college football news today. Stay tuned for that. It is The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Band of the day today is ACDC, selected by Hatch and brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. Hatch, though, now off the board. Our buddy Eric sitting in. Uh, Eric's appearance on the show brought to you by our friends at Jimmy's Flowers. Valentine's Day is coming up, and uh, flowers are the perfect gift, of course. Get on it. Uh, while the selection is great, uh, you can get those flowers delivered. Jimmy's Flowers with locations in Ogden, Layton, and Bountiful. Also, jimmysflowers.com. That's Jimmy's Flowers. Gordon, uh, we have some college football news today. Um, Brian Thompson, the University of Utah wide receiver, has entered the transfer portal. I feel yes, like we should yes. have like transfer portal music. Maybe we should work on that. <laughs> Because we're going to be playing it so much, you mean? I don't know. It feels like we talk about it a fair amount. And doesn't it feel like like the word portal begs music to me for some reason? I, <laughs> when I think of portal, I think of a ship. Yeah, right. 
So maybe like some sort of, uh, 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 what, like in the Navy by the village people? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but the transfer, <laughs> the transfer portal, Brian Thompson going in. Uh, Gordon, I'll give you first bite at this apple. What uh, What's your reaction to that news? Well, first of all, I think he's a really talented guy. I, I don't know the reasons for his transfer. Has that been made public? No, I, not that I, I've uh, seen. Uh, you know, and you and I have talked quite a bit, and you especially, Jake, have talked about how the Utes. It seems as though it it doesn't it doesn't seem to be a favored spot for receivers. You know, and I do think they have a lot of. Ta- I mean, Keithy is just a phenomenal talent in my in my mind, and the, and the Utes have some other guys who can step up and and uh, play that role. But uh, Brian Thompson, yeah, that guy can play. You'd, you'd think so, although he never had the the really break-it-out performance. I mean, when I listen to, to guys like Hans, and, and Hans isn't the uh, only one, but uh, when I hear Hans talk about Brian Thompson and his limitless potential, you know, I, I certainly uh, believe what he's seeing out there, but we just never really saw it in the game, right? And and you got to examine, is that does that have something to do with Brian? I mean, if you listen to Hans, it has nothing to do with Brian. So is it something else? And last year, the quarterback play was so bad. I mean, but this year, the quarterback play is, is supposed to be a little bit different. But part of me thinks, Gordon, and, and you alluded to this because we've had this discussion uh, a number of times, if you want to be a baller receiver, you're just going somewhere else. You're just not coming to the University of Utah because it doesn't really fit into who they are as a football team. And by the way, I, I think what Utah does is what Utah should do. It's just not going to be a very attractive program to wide receivers. It seems like there would be enough room for that. Um, what do you mean? It, it, I mean, I just think that Utah offensively, I mean, I know they like to run the football, and they should. And you've pointed that out many times. I get that. But there's still room for a fantastic wide receiver to – to, to, I think, pick up a whole lot of yards and if they have the right quarterback in place. And that's why it would be nice for the Utes to be able to establish that guy. Um, I think there would be an opportunity. If you were a, a, a fine talent and the Utes got themselves a quarterback, uh, I think uh, Whittingham would utilize that and uh, Andy Ludwig would utilize that as a part of their offense. But I mean, Tyler Huntley was passing the ball a little bit here and there, and uh, and I think if one of these young quarterbacks the Utes have, this young kid coming in, I don't know who's going to be the starter this next season. But this year, this past season, is kind of a hard one to judge on because it was so disjointed. See, that's the thing, though. When is Utah uh, – like, let's use BYU as an example for a second. Uh, Zach Wilson made Dax Milne a lot better. And and hey, I'm not trying to take credit away from Dax. I mean, he his story's awesome, playing his way onto the roster, and then you know at some points during the last season, leading the the country in receiving. I mean, it's pretty amazing. I'm not trying to take anything away from the guy, but I mean, the reason that he was part of the reason he was able to reach that level is because he had a quarterback that was dealing and and getting him the ball in advantageous situations. And when is the last time Utah had a quarterback that really made those receivers better? Hmm. Because even That's under Tyler Huntley, and he got good there at the end, he was a much better quarterback at the end than he was at the beginning, and his accuracy uh, was was really really good. But I mean, even you look at the the receiver performances with Huntley, and when you know what's jumping out to you, when did he ever really make receivers look really really good? Maybe a little bit with Britton Covey, but Britton Covey does a lot of that stuff on his own, right? I think you have to have consecutive seasons, and maybe even consecutive. Uh, careers of quarterbacks. When that's how the word gets out that man, you want to go there because you're going to put up nice numbers. Because every one of these kids that comes into these programs, they 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 have their eye on the NFL. They want to capture the attention of scouts. And and Utah right now has has the reputation of a, a running offense. And that's, that's what they what are. Think of. And that's and, what and, they should be. That, and that's why they uh, get the talent. They get it running back. So, but but see, what's so tricky about that is that even though we say that all the time, Kyle Whittingham used to. I remember him talking about from a defensive perspective how much respect he had for offenses that could could be a threat on all quadrants of the field, and how those were the hardest def- offenses to defend against. So, if you know that, then. 
you know, maybe he has that in his design that he wants to uh, unlock that and unleash that on the offensive side of the ball, but the Utes haven't had enough consistency at the uh, at the important skill positions to make that happen. And by that, I mean quarterback, because Tyler Huntley, who knows, he might have a nice NFL career. We'll see. But that was just sort of a two-year blip, you know? Uh, yeah, um, I think part of it is is mentality. I mean, part of it's recruiting misses. I hear you, and not not landing the guy, um, whether it's transfer transfer or out of high school. But uh, you know, there's that stuff. You know, Witt can say that, but deep down in his heart, he's a defensive guy, and protect the defense is very high up on the list of of priorities. And I just don't see him. You know, meshing with an offensive guy who's slinging around the field, go ha- go fast, go hard guy. I just don't think that goes against who Witt is as a coach and what's worked for him over his long career. So didn't I think we plus say they, that about, they turn the ball over. Hmm? Didn't we say that about Nick Saban, though, too? And now look at the receivers he's getting there. I mean, and, and the quarterbacks, too. I mean, it. I know that's sort of an anomaly. I get that. But uh, it seems like if you get the right quarterback in place that you'd be able to change that reputation quickly. Maybe. I don't I don't know if Witt's willing to do that. And I think it's pretty easy to do that when you're coaching at Alabama. I don't know about Utah. Because Utah has certain strengths when it comes to recruiting and when it comes to their system. And so that uh, that Alabama does not have. Alabama has the the pick of the litter at every single position. So did it's you pr- see that recruiting video of Nick? Yeah, it was great. It was great. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason he's really good at what he does. I <laughs> say essentially, hey, you know, come here and you'll play against the best in practice every day. I thought that was really interesting that he took that approach. Well, I mean, he's good at what he does, and Alabama is, rolls recruiting, and, uh, I mean, they get the best players. So it's pretty easy to go, you, quarterback, go out there and throw a touchdown. You know? Two is really good. And and uh, this year, they have four NFL receivers, four at least. Yeah, yeah. Including the first receiver off the board, I bet, in this upcoming draft, the Heisman Trophy yeah. winner. All right, but but we, like we said before, remember a couple of years ago we were saying Nick Saban wins with defense. Yeah, I hear you, but I, I what I'm trying to describe to you is it's really easy to switch up the old game plan when you're Alabama. <laughs> True. That's my point. True. <laughs> it's, it's... Yes, I, I think I agree. <laughs> I agree. But you, who knows? you Julio this, Jones, this... go beat that cornerback. <laughs> I told him to do that. Yeah, right. But maybe if the Utes get this this quarterback, this kid from Southern California comes in and uh, it, it shows a little something, maybe they can – they can turn on a dime in that regard, you know. I mean, think about what what Keithy could do if he were. He's a, I get it. He's a tight end, but uh, you know, I mean, a guy like that has the capability of putting up huge numbers. Yeah, but I think see, I think he actually benefits from the way that Utah plays. Because because of yeah. Because they're a run team and he's a tight end, so the better you run the ball, the better it is from the easier it is for him to get open. So I think he actually benefits. Now, he needs somebody competent throwing him the football. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, he kind of benefits from the, the, the mentality of the team. Yeah, I, it takes it – uh, <laughs> I guess I'm going to contradict what I said before. I said maybe you can turn it on a dime. But maybe it does take – unless you're Alabama, maybe it does take uh, uh, a long time to get that rearranged. And if that's the attitude of the coach deep down, then uh, then – Maybe it'll never change. Well, I mean, I don't think that Jerry Rice is walking through that door. So they're they're losing uh, their top talent with ad receiver. I mean, that turn on a dime, I don't think is going to be possible unless we. But let's say let's say this Peter Costelli kid comes in and he's a young kid. Let's say he shows uh, shows some real skill and he's able to uh, to to rearrange things. I mean, even if he. <laughs> Let's say he was a fantastic talent and uh, learned to play the quarterback position and decided that, kind of like uh, Zach Wilson, that uh, he uh, didn't play his senior year and he's off to the NFL. Three years, three years, if if that's what it would be, uh, might be long enough to, to get that rearranged as long as 
You don't have to throw the ball. You don't have to be Texas Tech or, you know, whatever. You don't have to throw the ball all the time in order to develop these great receivers. How much did Georgia Tech throw the ball when uh, Megatron was playing there? Yeah, it's a tough conversation because they changed in the middle of his career. Yeah, Paul Johnson got hired, what, his last year there at Georgia Tech? Or maybe it was his last two years. I was just trying to think of an extreme example. No, I hear you. But that one's a bit unique. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, I see because I think that wide receivers should be able to thrive at Utah if they have the right guy, the right signal caller, have the right. It's tough to recruit, though. I mean, it just is. I mean, look at Darren Carrington. He's an NFL guy at Oregon. He plays one year at Utah and goes undrafted. When was the last time they had a, a receiver drafted? That have to be the 08 team. Was Reed drafted? Somebody on that squad was drafted, uh, yeah, I, I think. think. So. I was going to say uh, Roy Jefferson, but I, that's probably too sarcastic. I don't even know who that is. So, Google Roy Jefferson right now real quick, and I, just, I, I, want, I want to get your response because uh, Roy Jefferson was one of the great uh, receivers in, in the NFL in his time. Didn't he go to Utah? Born November 9th, 1943. Is this the one? I, I, I believe so. Uh, is uh, Did he go to Utah, does it say? Or am I getting him mixed up with someone else? Uh, Yeah, he did play at Utah. Jefferson played on both sides of the ball and was also the place kicker and led the Utes to a 32-6 victory in the Liberty Bowl over favored West Virginia to finish with a 9-2 record. There you go. Played at Utah under her uh, (laughs) – his senior season was in 1964. The head coach at the time was Ray Nagel. Oh, man. He had a long long career, though. Yeah, he did. He was a great NFL receiver. Yep. And who – was uh, was uh, was it Gross Cup? Was he the quarterback when uh, Roy Jefferson was playing I have there? No I don't idea. know. All right, Rob he, Morris is the one that came up with the Utah pass. You know that sort of shovel pass. Rob Morris joins us coming up next, but right now uh, joining us from Wasatch Medical Clinic, he's our friend Andrew Reinhardt. Andrew, let's help our listeners who might be struggling with ED. Yes, so many guys struggling uh, as Valentine's Day is approaching. There may be a little pressure on the situation. So if you're out there listening, whether it's mild or severe, any kind of frustration in the bedroom, that is what we specialize in. Wasatch Medical Clinic uses acoustic wave therapy, and we have gotten so good at this. Uh, We use the two most advanced forms of technology, uh, 10-minute sessions. It's a device that's placed on the skin. It gently opens up blood vessels. And we've seen 50, 60% more blood flow created from these treatments. That has led to a reversal of erectile dysfunction in a lot of guys. And the big attraction, Jake, of course, is no pills, no injections. This is more the on-demand function. Stop treating those symptoms. Treat the problem, right? Yeah, the pills and the injections, they really go after the symptoms. This is the root cause of the problem. So, you know, we took advantage of the days, our younger days, when things worked like they should. And as far as I know, our treatment's the only thing that can do that. 801-901-8000 is the number to call to get on the schedule. You can come in and see the doctor and a few other things, right? Yeah, a ton of value here leading up to Valentine's Day. Um, Call us now if you're struggling with ED. We'll do the assessment, the exam for free. You'll meet with our doctor. Uh, He'll do a blood flow ultrasound. It's no charge. There's no obligation. We're going to throw in a little gift that produces instant results in the bedroom. You'll love that. And new patients even get free testosterone. A little drive and energy will help you there. Uh, Give us a call now. It's it's no charge. 801-901-8000. Take advantage of it. 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you, Jake. All right, that's our buddy Andrew Reinhardt. Uh, Rob Morris joins us coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.